future. There are no people. There are no people in the future. No people at all. There are no people in the future. Where did all my people go? There are no people in the future. Let me try my people call. Everybody, everybody, welcome, welcome. It's the week of October 9th, 2023. Welcome to Raging Chickens Out to Coop Live. This is Kevin Mahoney, editor and founder of Raging Chicken. On Out to Coop Live, we talk to progressives, activists, and troublemakers of all sorts, right from our own backyards and across the country. You're going to join us at the end of the week for our Friday Politics Roundup, where we break down the good, the bad, and the ugly in state and national politics. And you can get all our shows by subscribing to our podcast on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. You can support this show by becoming a patron for as little as $5 a month. Head on over to patreon.com slash rcpress. You can also help out the show by heading to our YouTube channel if you're not there already. Smash that subscribe button, like the stream for this show, and hit that notification bell so you know every time that we go live. If you're one of our awesome podcast listeners, make sure to leave us that five-star review on whatever platform you listen on, and leave a comment to let other people know why you like the show. Little things like this help other people find the show. For more PA Progressive Talk, tune into the Rick Smith Show's live stream at 9 p.m. Eastern on his YouTube channel, Twitter, Facebook, wherever you get your streams. Check it out. And subscribe to his podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Go to therigsmithshow.com for the latest across all his platforms. And you got to check out the Sisters of the Night Caucus podcast, the amazing PA women stirring the political cauldron behind this podcast, Rock the House. And they know where the bodies are buried. Make sure to follow them on Twitter at, at the Night Caucus. That's at the Night Caucus on Twitter or X. And subscribe to their podcast at Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your podcast. And if you haven't heard, The Signal is a new podcast from the Bucks County Beacon. The Signal is hosted by the Beacon's editor-in-chief, Cyril Mokaleko, and produced by yours truly, Twice a month, the signal will shine a light on right-wing extremist currents streaming through Bucks County and beyond. Cyril invites guests who provide insight, analysis, and organizing solutions so that we can steer the community toward calmer, saner, progressive notes or roots. And in case you missed it, The Beacon also just launched a brand new Gen Z-focused and hosted podcast called The Civic Circle. Episode two just dropped this week. That's right. The first episode was fantastic on climate, and the second episode deals with school boards with a fantastic interview. So check it out. Get it all the information you need at the buckscountybeacon.podbean.com or pick it up wherever you get your podcasts. And attention all you gamers out there. The Game Inn is a Quakertown-based black family-owned gaming store. They're friends of the show, and they've got everything for retro N64s, the latest consoles, video games for all platforms, collectibles, action figures, Funko Pops, walls of Funko Pops, and kids get discounts when they get A's in the report card. You can't beat it. Check them out on their Facebook page and follow them on Twitter, X, at, at the Gaiman. That's with two N's. That's at the Gaiman. Got a question about a game, looking for something hard to get? Shoot them a message or drop them an email at thegaiminpa at gmail.com. And a special shout-out goes to Jonathan Mann, who wrote our intro song, There Are No People in the Future. Check out all his great stuff in, on his YouTube page and follow him on Twitter at, at Song of Dayman. That's with two N's, at Song of Dayman on Yes, on today's show, it's actually uh, not exactly as live as we usually are. Um, this is a pre-recorded show that I recorded at the PA Climate Convergence in Harrisburg on October 1st. It was Sunday, October 1st. 
And this is an interview that I did with Jocelyn Diffenbaugh. Jocelyn is a 10th grader at uh, Kutztown Area School District. She is the founder of the Teen Band Books Club. Um, I had the tremendous opportunity to interview her um, as a closing featured event at the PA Climate Convergence on Sunday, October 1st. Um, she was supposed to interview Alan Gratz, the author of Two Degrees, the book that actually the Kutztown Area School District School Board had banned. However, Alan Gratz got COVID just two days before the event, um, two or three days before the event. Um, so Karen Ferdin asked if I could jump in uh, and interview Jocelyn. I was more than happy to do that. Jocelyn is an amazing uh, young woman, and I know you're not going to uh, be disappointed with tonight's episode. Um, so check this out. This is my interview with Jocelyn Diffenbaugh at the PA Climate Convergence on October 1st, 2023. All right, everybody, we are going to get rolling here <laughs> as we close out the day here at the PA Climate Convergence. Well, it's not a complete closeout of the day. There's some more events today and, of course, tomorrow. Um, but we're here. Um, first, I should say, before we begin, I am not Alan Gratz. <laughs> Although I have met him and I could show you a picture of me and Alan at the time when Jocelyn interviewed him um, at Firefly Bookstore in Kutztown. So, um, but uh, Karen asked me to step in because Alan, of course, got COVID. Um, so unfortunately, he couldn't be here. Um, but for those of you brave souls who are out here tonight, uh, we do have copies of his book that are for takeaway. Um, they do not cost a thing, right? Um, in part, thanks to the money that has been raised <laughs> uh, for donations to the Teen Band Books Club, which we were to talk about tonight. So if I'm not Alan Gratz, who am I? My name is Kevin Mahoney. Um, I am the editor and founder of uh, Raging Chicken Media. We are a progressive uh, podcast um, and media site. Um, that's been around since about 2011. I'm also a professor of rhetoric at Kutztown University where I teach rhetoric and social movements. Um, so this is kind of right in my wheelhouse um, for here tonight. Um, Karen asked me to kind of step in um, because we didn't want to lose Jocelyn <laughs> because she's uh, the star of the show. So this is uh, Jocelyn Diffenbaugh. Um, Jocelyn, why don't you introduce yourself to everybody? Hi, I'm Jocelyn. <laughs> 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 Hi, I'm Jocelyn Diffenbaugh. I'm currently a sophomore in high school, and I'm the founder of the Kutztown Team Band Book Club. Yeah, and for anybody who has not been paying attention at all, um, school boards are where it's at right now. Um, if you are a, uh, uh, a right-wing extremist and are looking for uh, to enforce your agenda on uh, what's happening in school boards, um, my kids are in the Penridge School Board uh, School District, and we're facing very some of the similar things that um, Jocelyn has been facing in Kutztown. Um, but before we kind of jump ahead to that, um, Jocelyn, why don't you give us a, a kind of a little bit of a background of what led you initially to found the Teen Band Book Club, and how did that develop? Okay, um, in eighth grade, I found the Teen Band Book Club. Uh, I definitely, now looking back at the past, I wouldn't have expected me to do something that big, but I was a very avid book reader at the time, and I still am today. So when Texas and other states came out with like the list with like the hundreds upon hundreds of books, I would scroll through reading the list, and I found that many of the books on the list were books I had read and books I had thoroughly enjoyed. Some of my favorites were on there, like The Hit You Give, and I remember just being utterly perplexed, like, why would you not want students to be reading these books? So 
um, once that started trickling into my own community where people started, you know, having book banning topics at school boards, I decided I wanted to do something about it. Um, and because now we have a local uh, bookstore called Firefly. So I went up to them with the idea and they were totally on board. So we just jumped ahead with the idea. So uh, initially, how were uh, kind of your friends or other students that you knew, other kids that uh, were, were they interested in this? Did they seem like, hey, I want to jump on board of this too as well? How did that, uh, how quickly did that take off? Um, so initially, I remember my biggest fear from starting um, for the first meeting of the band book club was like, well, who's going to come? You know, like, again, I, it was middle school and like, you know, there's who's going to, you know, <laughs> rather be on their phones than come to, you know, talk about books. But it was their first meet, and there was a surprisingly large turnout. And the kids who I did talk to school were like thoroughly interested in it because they had also been seeing the topics of book beatings on the news. Um, obviously, like a very current topic at the time, and still is today. So a bunch of people were excited to come, and were just excited to read and talk about such hot topic issues. Yeah, and and you know the media coverage was pretty spectacular pretty quickly. Um, what was that like? I mean, suddenly you had kind of articles that were appearing, not just local papers but national papers, talking about um, you know this group of students, right? And you at the forefront of it um, in Kutztown, deciding, hey, you know what? We're going to read these banned books because we're watching school board after school board beginning to go after you know with these book banning policies. What was that experience like? Um, initially, I was very shocked, like just utterly shocked, like. Here is, you know, Quiet Me, who prefers and enjoys reading books, just starting that as a result of that. But I definitely didn't expect the media to get, but I'm also very grateful for the fact that there was a lot of media because it just shows that there's so many people who are interested in book bannings. And I know, like, we've had letters um, come from Firefly where people reach out and are like, hey, we saw what you did, and we decided we're going to make our own band book club. So I think overall I'm just, like, really grateful for all that coverage. It was shocking, but I think it definitely, like, it was something we needed because student, it shows that students are interested in book band, they are interested in their education. Yeah, and it was really interesting, you said other, inspiring other students too as well, because of course um, after um, those articles started going out, we, we saw on our podcast, also I work with the Bucks County Beacon, and there were folks from the Central Bucks School District, from the Penridge School District, they were also asking questions, hey, can we start our own too as well? So that was phenomenal. So, all right, well, so here we are at the PA Climate Convergence, and um, we've got Alan Gratz's book here, um, Two Degrees, um, which is uh, one of the books that became at the center of a controversy in the Kutztown area school district. So can you kind of walk us through a little bit about what happened there, and um, then we can talk about um, the, the, uh, Alan Gratz coming to campus and all that kind of stuff, but how, how did that kind of, um, uh, what, what happened? Just let everybody know what happened with that book um, so essentially a middle school teacher decided that she wanted to create a one book one school program or one school one book either or that um, and the concept of it was to have a book that all students in the middle school would get for free and they'd be able to read about the book and have their discussions based on the book so it's all just about you know the crucial skills that you're going to need in high school when you're going to be reading more complex books and where you're going to be, need to be analyzing them where you're going to be you know in group discussions and writing reports on books so that was the main idea of this book and Alan Gratz he's a very popular um, middle school author so like He's read, um, written other books like Refugee, like that's a book that we've read in the middle school, very common. Like his books are always the ones picked off the shelves. And this was a relatively newer one of his, so the teacher picked out that book and immediately school board members and parents um, didn't want, you know, they wanted, they didn't want this book. Um, essentially the book, the main plot of it is about three teenagers who go through um, climate change, 
climate change. Go through natural disasters. So it's a lot about climate change in it. It's a very present topic in the book. And parents were getting upset. They didn't want students reading about climate change. They said that it would scare students too much with its depictions and that it would make students political. Um, it was too political for students to handle. They, like one literally said like he didn't want his daughter coming home and you know yelling at him for having a fire. So it was just an innocent-minded program, which just really was meant on you know encouraging building these key scales, which you're going to obviously need in high school and college. And parents immediately disagreed with it. Yeah, and on top of that, that, choosing this book too, he was one of the keynote speakers that was coming for the, the Kutztown University's Children Literature Conference, right? So there's gonna be opportunities for students to actually not just read his book, but actually meet him, have opportunities to have discussion about the book. It was like an incredible opportunity, right? Yeah, and I mean like the book itself, the teacher didn't pick it out because it was about climate change. I mean, if you would go to the middle school library, if you want to, you know, the eighth grade teachers who are in our classroom library, Alan Grotz books were the, always the ones picked off the shelves. And they weren't too difficult books either, so it would be it was just a great book because it has a good plot line, very suspenseful, but at the same time, it's that level where students are going to be interested in it, but it's not going to be too challenging for those who are between the sixth and eighth grade level. Yeah, and, and just to confirm that, my, my daughter, she's in seventh grade now too as well, and Ellen Gratz, I mean, since she was in fifth grade, she was like, just read, read everything that she, you know, she could get her hands on by this guy. When this book was coming out, she was thrilled too as well. So it was like, you know, perfect example, totally makes sense. So they decide, right, they had bought all the books, right? Um, all the students were going to get a free copy of this book, right, as they read it as part of their program. Um, and then the school board said, no, nope, we're going to nix it. Yeah, essentially, I remember there was two specific meetings where you went to one where it was more of an open for all and the second one where they just decided, you know, without very really telling many people, yeah, we are going to cancel the program. And it wasn't just the book itself, they canceled the entire program. So all these students lost, lost the opportunity to not only get a free book, but to talk about it. So the whole program was swiped and it was, you know, they took it away from them. All right, so now book is banned, right? Your book is that the, the program is canceled, nothing's put in place. And it was a grant funded program too, right? So there's yeah, money that so. these teachers had applied for, got the money to buy the books for the kids and all this stuff. Um, but Alan Gratz was still coming, right? So then what happens next? Like, I just love this uh, kind of, uh, you know, so the never give up kind of attitude up here. We're not just going to like take this lying down. We're actually going to um, kind of kind of move on and, and make sure that we get a chance to talk about this. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like, like you said, Alan Gratz was still coming for um, conference at the KU, I believe, and me and other book clubbers had once a school board meetings to talk and hopefully, you know, try to prevent them from canceling the program, but evidently they did end up doing that. So we're like, what comes next? Because, like I said, so many students lost the opportunity to get a free book and talk about it, and we decided, well, we still want to give those middle school students the opportunity. So we contacted Alan Gratz, he was still in the area at that time, and we came up with the idea in book club that we were going to see if we could get copies of the books to hand out for free, like would have been done for the program, and you know, to do a book signing, because Alan Gratz was willing to do that. So through um, donations of it was red, wine, and blue, the red, wine, and blue, um, they actually raised enough donations for us to get 200 copies, which would, would be near the equivalent amount of what the middle school would have gotten, 200 copies of two degrees, and we had an event where Alan Gratz not only signed the books, 
um, the students got the books for free. And after that, we had a Q&A with him about two degrees. So students would still get the opportunity to not only, you know, get a free book, but to also get it signed and to still have that opportunity to talk about the book with the author because, you know, obviously they didn't get that opportunity in school. Yeah, and it wasn't just a Q&A. You got to interview them. Yes. <laughs> right? I mean, in the Firefly Bookstore, right? Uh, which was supposed to. You were all supposed to get to see that here tonight, right? Yeah. Um, so I'm curious, from that interview that you did with Alan, right, and that Q&A, um, what were some of the takeaways, like, from there that, um, you know, in that conversation um, that you kind of recall from there or you think are useful takeaways for people from the experience? Mm -hmm. Um, obviously, <laughs> obviously, obviously, we have four wheelers you know, driving here. I know, four wheelers, <laughs> I know. Um, Obviously, not Alan Grout, so it's not going to be word for word, but I remember the biggest takeaway I took from that conversation, at least with him, was he was saying that the reason he wrote Two Degrees was because it was the topic that kids were asking for. One of the questions I asked him was, well, he has written many historical books, so historical fictions. That was mainly all his books were about until up to Two Degrees. So I asked him what caused him to change that, why was he writing something so, you know, so modern, and you know, something that's such a current event. And he said it was what kids were asking for. Kids were asking him if he's going to write a book about climate change because they were interested in it. And here we are having parents saying, well, kids are going to be too scared to read it. Um, kids are, you know, it's going to make them, it's too political. And yet kids were the ones asking him to write this book. So I think the biggest takeaway was that students aren't afraid of climate change, they're interested in it. And they wanted to learn about it to the point where so many people asked him to write this book that he went through and wrote, with some, wrote something that wasn't historical but newer. So, I mean, other than kind of just resistance to climate change, talking about climate change, like, were there other arguments that were coming up about why that you shouldn't be reading this book? Because just like you said, I mean, I had an opportunity to, to interview Alan about like a week and a half or two weeks before he came out to as well for my podcast. And he said the same thing. He's like, everywhere he went, kids were saying, can you write about climate change? When are you going to write about climate change? And he even said, like, I kind of resisted it at first, right? Because yeah. it's like not my kind of area. But then I said, okay, look, kids are going to ask for it, so let's do it. And sure enough, it's, it's gone crazy. So, I mean, I, I mean, do you get the sense of like, like I don't know, that parents that that were making raising these objections were just like thought you couldn't handle it or thought it was too deep or thought that you weren't already thinking about these issues i think they really underestimate students and kids in general like all their you know like they said well it's going to scare students these depictions of climate change it's kids were asking for it and you know there are kids who are going through climate change related events like hurricanes you know like it's not something scary or terrifying that's going to, you know, frighten children. Like, children were the ones who were asking for the book. Others said that it was too political um, or that it wasn't, didn't have enough science-backed evidence for it. And another, again, they just didn't want their kids to read it. One person said, well, they didn't want their child to come home while they're having a fire until, you know, yell at him that, you know, he's going to cause climate change. So I think they just really underestimated their students there because they're singing... They were essentially saying, here's what our kids are going to think about it without asking kids their own opinions about it. Yeah, what I found really interesting about the book, too, as well, is that, um, like most of his books, I've read most of his books, too, as well now, um, and it's like kids are kind of complex figures, complex characters are there, right? They're actually thinking about stuff, they're talking about it, it's a, they're negotiating difficult issues, right? And, you know, it's, yes, it's it's trying, it's dramatic, right, and all yeah. that, um, but in the end, I mean, the message of this book was not one of kind of like, you know, parents suck or climate changes, you know, we need a political thing. It was one of hope, right? Yeah, I mean, essentially, so it's three different points of views in the book, um, all kids from different parts of the United States going through different um, climate change related events. And in the end, they actually all get together and have like a peaceful protest 
to bring awareness and spread about climate change. So as book club members, when we were talking about this, when we, you know, we talked about the book, we were like, I didn't get away that it was pure climate change. It was, the climate change topic itself was more like just like a vessel to have this really, really strong theme, which essentially speak up for what you believe in. And that's what I personally got from the book, and I know that's what other book club, book club members got from the book rather than what parents were stating. I also feel like parents just underestimate it because they're saying, well, you know, this is too political, this is gonna make like, kids upset at me. Kids' minds aren't going to be swayed so easily by one source. Like today, and even middle school students, like if you read something that's interesting in the news, you're gonna be like, hey, I actually wanna look that up. And then you're gonna do your own independent research. So, you know, one, the source of information isn't gonna sway your mind, and two degrees itself isn't just a flat out research book about climate change. You know, it has this really strong theme in it, which I think is a message that many kids should learn. Well said, well said. Well, let me ask you this then. So, I, I mean, we talked about this a little bit before. You see, like, well, I'm not an expert on climate change, yeah. right? That's why we chose the book. We chose the book because this was like, you know, Alan Grad's book. People want to read it. Yeah. But this nonetheless, I mean, when we're talking about climate change, we're here at the PA Climate Convergence, and your generation, right, and generation kind of after you is going to be impacted by this climate change more than my generation, certainly, for a lot of folks that were out here today. What are your thoughts, I guess, I guess I have a two-part question. So, like, what are your thoughts about thinking ahead to that future, right, um, number one? But then also, how are kind of young folks kind of talking about this, and what are the kinds of things that young folks are doing or maybe should be doing, right, or you think they, that you are already doing, um, to kind of take a hold of that future to make sure that it's a livable future, that it's a nurturing future, that it's one that's full of, say, justice and hope? Yeah. Um, Big question, I know, sorry. Yeah, question, <laughs> like the first part, um, yeah. size of the kids. Um, well, essentially, like, I just think that, you know, climate change, it is, like you said, going to be a major part of our future. Like, obviously, the effects of it aren't very reversible right now. It's something that we're going to have to live with. It's something that we're going to have to adapt with. So I think it should be just, you know, like books like Two Degrees, they should be included in the curriculum because it does include climate change and along with other themes. Like it is going to be something that kids come across in the future and it is going to be something that our generation is going to widely, you know, have to make decisions for and have to figure out, well, what can we do essentially? So I think it should be a part of our education. If it's going to be something that's going to become a big part of our lives, we're gonna we're going to need to be educated about it, just to put it that way. Like <laughs> like, what are you going to do if you're uneducated, essentially? Like, it should be a part of our curriculum. It should be something that kids are learning about because ultimately we're going to have to make decisions about in the future. And I would much rather make an educated decision in the future and have people who have previous education or have at least heard of climate change rather than those who don't look at science and then don't know what to do. Yeah, so for other, say, young folks who are out there who, you know, are trying to wonder where do we start, right? Um, what do we do? Um, what would you say to other folks that are trying to kind of like, looking for answers or looking for ways of kind of getting involved with um, with whatever issue it is? I mean, you started with Banned Book Club, not because it was, okay, climate change focused or was this particular issue, but because books were being kind of banned, right? Um, what is, like, that experience of kind of organizing this group and then now here we are sitting at this conference, right? You've, you know, been on multiple interviews, national media. Um, what would the message to other young folks be for their futures and their organizing? Um, I mean, for just any topic that pertains to writing a book ban or climate, I would say, you know, like, research, um, talk to other people, and just never be afraid to speak out. Um, um, I very value my First Amendment rights, <laughs> and 
you know, I think that's something you should really make use of. Like, if you do your research or something, you're like, hey, well, this is really interesting, then maybe you want to, like, you know, find your friends and maybe talk about, like, I mean, that's, like, kind of like the idea of book club. For me, like, I'd be like, whoa, did you know we both had read this book? And be like, well, did you see that this book was banned? I'd be like, well, that's crazy. And it's just like, you know, those simple conversations like that can turn into so much more. So I'd say if, like, you're very set and passionate about projects, like, not only, you know, research about and speak out, but find other people. Because most likely there are going to be other people out there who are interested in the topic. But not everybody's going to have, like, the confidence to, you know, be willing to really put themselves out there and speak up. So, like, just, like, you know, network and communicate and, like, find your people. Because then you can, it's going to be easier to do something about it with that stability. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, um, I want to leave, make sure we have time for people who have questions, you have a response and stuff like this, but are there things that you still kind of, you want to leave people with um, kind of after this day that you've been here handing out banned books to people, <laughs> right? Uh, we got free copies of Alan Gratz's Two Degrees here for anybody who's here, but what would you want to leave people with today um, after this experience? I mean, just like never be afraid to speak up. And if you want to support banned books, though, that doesn't necessarily mean you have to be that person there with like the signs and speaking up either. Like just reading the books and just talking about it with your friends and just, you know, just being there and being um, aware of the news, like that can just help so much more than people realize, I think. And also just like, no, like I feel like parents and, you know, school boards really are just you know, undermining students really, like they're not giving us thought, like they're not giving credit to our thoughts and not really giving credit to our opinions. So just like, maybe if you're like, hey, well, this book like is kind of interesting, but I don't know if I want my kids to read about, then maybe just talk to your kid. I mean, I think, for me, I think it's just simple as that. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Jocelyn, thank you for all that you've been doing um, to kind of organize uh, students there and be an inspiration, like I said, to kids like, you know, uh, to my own kids when they saw that what you all were doing there. We brought them out to, uh, you know, uh, Firefly Bookstore because they were so excited to see what you were doing. And now I know that my daughter right now is even talking about reading some of these books with her friends, too, as well, to say, OK, we need to take control of our education um, and just ask questions and be curious about the world. So thank you so much. Thank you. Great. Um, well, um, if I, I can, uh, Karen, here, you want, I'll bring the, the mic around for if people have questions for uh, Jocelyn. First of all, I was sitting over there, so I really apologize. I wasn't here when you started. <laughs> um, but um, so what's next for you? What do you want to do? That's a difficult question. Um, <laughs> I mean, obviously, I want to continue with the band book club. Obviously, I just you know, just continuing what we're doing. And if, you know, the topics come up at our school board, I can assure you that I most definitely will be there talking about it if that stuff arises. Hi. Um, thank you, Jocelyn, so much for being here and for uh, answering the questions. Uh, my question is, were you personally or your friends at in your book club interested in climate change before this book came up and, and then got banned? Or not really and how has this whole situation sort of impacted you and your friends in the clubs um kind of thoughts and ex and like feelings on climate change um i mean specifically at book club i don't think we've really um like specifically talked about climate change but i know that is like always like a current event like i know students just in general are really are really involved with their current events like they're really interested in what's going on like politically and you know just environmentally today so though it wasn't necessarily a main topic we were bringing up you know it was always there too whenever we'd be talking or something we'd be like oh yeah you know it's like the hottest summer on record you know like we'd bring stuff like up like that though it wasn't necessarily focused on it um 
But I think I think it is coming up more in our conversations today, though, because I mean, I just think any current events, any current issues, whether it's like talking about like transgender rights or abortion, any of that stuff, like we definitely are looking about it, and we're talking about it too at book club because it's you know it's that safe space where students can talk about it without you know fear of like people yelling at them or anything. And I also arrived late, so apologies if you did talk about this before, but Alan's most of his books are historical kid protagonists, important moments of history. But I was just on Libby checking the dates because this book came out in 2022. In 2017, he came out with a book about banned books yeah. called Ban This Book that I just listened to on the way here <laughs> and, um, and had been before coming here also just because it's like, oh, this is interesting. And was there perceived irony? I mean, were the people who advocated for banning of this book because it's political, because it's scary, were they aware that this author had a book about that practice? I don't think that the people who um, actively were banning and against his book knew about the book that he had about banned books. I have seen that book, though, on other lists, though, and I always find it the greatest irony when, you know, banned this book and, like, Fahrenheit 451 are banned. I just, it's quite ironic because it just totally defeats the purpose and the message of it. But I don't think, I don't think they even knew about the banned this book at all. Like, it had appeared in lists, but not any in Pennsylvania or any in Kutztown that I saw. So I think they're just totally unaware. It's like, it was more if they read the title and, you know, the background of the, the, you know, basic summary of the book you read before you buy it and we're like, no thank you type thing. Yeah. Has he reacted to that irony? Um, and and the, in having re read that, one learns about all the kind of reasons that are concocted, like it's scary <laughs> and kids like scary stuff. Some of the juvenile fiction out there of, you know, psychological torture of children <laughs> is pretty common in pretty young readers. Not not necessarily elementary school, but it's impressive how much kids want to be scared. Yeah, I mean, I think when he talked about, he mainly focused on the fact that, you know, it were kids who were asking for these books, right? And, like, obviously all his books are suspenseful. I, they're not a horror book though it's not like you're going to turn on a marvel movie and it's you know it's not going to be violent like that um yeah it has like descriptive images but nothing enough to like traumatize a kid so i think he was just i think he was just surprised by it honestly like i think he just totally found it as ironic as i did because it's just like well this is what kids were asking for and now you're saying kids don't want it like pick the side you know yeah, and to be fair to the uh, the people who, uh, the community members who wanted to ban it, I don't think they read this book either, so. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they didn't. I know, it's terrifying. Thank you so much for giving this talk. I had no idea what this was about, and I'm really blown away by your work and what you've been talking about. So um, I live in a conservative part of Philadelphia, which does exist, and I've been wanting to put a little sign in my window that, that, ha that reads, read banned books, and I'm wondering if, if your book club would consider making like swag so that we could support your work <laughs> and I could have a great, like what's better than read band books is read band books with the teen band book club or whatever, you know, or, you know, support the teen band book club or whatever. Um, because uh, yeah, it sounds like an awesome thing and yeah, stickers, swag, just not to be shallow, but it would be awesome. Yeah. 
I mean, I, I think we certainly joked about it. <laughs> I know we've joked about it a lot with, like, oh, the band book shirts. I mean, like, we have, like, stickers that I like, get from, like, the ALA and stuff, like, band books week at least. But I know, like, a lot of our money we, we use towards the book itself. So, like, book club members don't have to pay for the book. So, you know, like, you could read the book, all the books for free. And we've had quite a lot of books we've read so far. So. I apologize because I, too, arrived late. So you probably already maybe said this. But for those of the others that arrived late, I am just curious, what does the general student population have to say about banned books? I'm obviously far removed from having kids in school. I think back to what I read in high school, and I think half of it would have been banned. And I'd have been really upset. So I'm just curious, is it something that's across the school, the student population, or just some, or most, or not so much, or or what? If you can answer that. That might um, be hard. <laughs> well, I mean, I think a lot of the people who, like, are involved in the news and the stuff, just to put it very plainly, just very straightforwardly, I think a lot of them just think it's stupid. I mean, I, I that's not, like, that good of, like, an eloquent answer, I guess, but I know, like, the students who, you know, are reading the news and stuff and the ones who are from conservative families are just, you know, kind of the same reaction as I am. Like, why are you? It just doesn't make sense. But, I mean, full population-wise, I could not answer that. But I know at least a lot of people involved in book club and who are in, like, Ray just find it as surprising as me as, like, how many books are banned. Like, I'll bring a book to school. I remember, like, last week I brought a book to school and I was, like, The Handmaid's Tale and the classmate next to me was, like, Oh, I love that book. And I'm like, yeah, I'm reading it for Band Book Club. And she's like, oh my God, wh what? It's banned? That's crazy. And so like, we got into like this great conversation. So I think uh, you know, students are interested when the topic does come across. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, thank you so much for for standing up and, and doing you. this. Okay, I want to jump in here for a second to let everybody know that there is a section of the recording of um, the Q and A part of my interview with Jocelyn Diffenbaugh that. I've clipped out of this uh, podcast. And the reason is we had a heckler who decided to insert himself into the Q&A and said some really vulgar things and would not relinquish the mic. I had to pull it away from him until somebody eventually shut off the speakers. And then we finally returned to normal business. So there was a large section of the recording that was this guy being a jerk and then random sounds as we tried to kind of restore order to the Q&A. So I just wanted to be transparent about the edit here and did not think it was appropriate to include in uh, this podcast because it was really distracted from the, um, for the rest of the interview. The only thing that is unfortunate is that what also gets clipped out in part because it's hard to hear and there's lots of stuff going on is Jocelyn's amazing response to this guy. She literally stood up like out of her chair with her mic and tore apart <laughs> what this guy was saying about LGBTQ books and so on. And it was an amazing moment to watch Jocelyn. But unfortunately, the audio was really um, not great during that. So I didn't want to bring it there. Anyways, I'll return you to the closing of the event. Uh, we can go from there. I just didn't want to let that go unremarked that there was that one edit to the broadcast. Do we have any additional questions or thoughts? I mean, I think one of the things about that incident is I think this is what we're seeing in our school boards all over the place. I mean, people who claim to be concerned about the kids have no problem showing up at school board meetings and using the most explicit 
like horrific language um, and I see no problem with that. And uh, this is one thing, and Jocelyn, this is where I thank you so much. And like I, you know, and again, I, I've said this several times now about being an inspiration to other kids, but it re it's really true. Because I think a lot of kids don't know what to do, right? And to see that, you know what? You don't have to kind of change the world tomorrow, right? You can start where you're at, right? And get with, as you said, like other people find your people, right? Find your people. I mean, yeah. Like networking, like find your people. Like I found the Firefly Bookstore and like the, all the people I've learned, because it's not just Kutztown kids who are it too. I've had kids from Circle of Seasons. And I think, yeah, I think it's just great. Like find your people is like the key message. And I also think, it's just funny to know like you're doing something right when adults are gonna call out a teenager for it. Like I, I think it's just amusing looking at that. But yeah, like if there, if you know kids that, who are out there and who are interested in it, help them find their people because like that's how we have the book club formed. And I think it's just so amazing because like now we have this space where we can talk about those topics without you know having fear of backlash from it. And I think it's just great. Like yeah, find your people for sure because like we at book club, which is every other week, we can talk about you know, LGBTQ topics. We could talk about climate change. We could talk even about like the historical books and you know, how they relate historically without fear of having backlash. So yeah, I think just like pull that key point. It's so amazing when you find those people out there. So just do that. Well, how about a big round of applause for Jocelyn and all the amazing work she's doing. And I apologize because I was supposed to introduce these wonderful people and I was sitting over there anyway. Uh, but I do um, want to really thank um, Jocelyn, of course. I want to thank her whole family. <laughs> thank you, Lisa, for making all this happen. Uh, my inter I was uh, communicating with her quite a bit about this, so thank you, Lisa. And thank you, Kevin, because we had a whole other event. Jocelyn was going to interview Alan Gratz, and he got COVID, so thank you, Kevin, for just, like, stepping right in. Anything for Karen Faraday, I'll tell you that. Aww. <laughs>